What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Mentors Collective on Entrepreneurship. On this show, actually this week, I'm doing basically a whole segment on passive income. I love the idea of passive income. Everyone else does. However, the misconceptions behind it and how it works are so misconstrued. So I'm doing something pretty unique. I'm bringing people on who are basically executing different areas of passive income to come and teach you what they're doing, how much work actually goes into it, and maybe you can replicate their methods on your own. On this episode, we're talking about YouTube automation, and I have one of the foremost experts on social media right now on that. His name is Caleb. He's 19 years old. He's got an awesome story and he actually teaches people how to do this on his own too. Without further ado, Caleb, thank you so much for joining me. I know you're going to offer a ton of value to my audience. We're going to talk about passive income. We're going to talk about YouTube automation and maybe you can offer some insight for people on how, to, how maybe they can get into it as well. Yeah, let's get right into it. Get right into it. Tell me your story, Caleb. I know we just talked yeah. for a little bit before this. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, Gil Box. So pretty much when I started out, it was in uh, 2016 is when I started. So I was 16 years old at the time. You know, at the time I was playing around with YouTube, but I wanted to take it seriously as every kid nowadays wants to make YouTube a hobby, you know, or, or a job. What happened was where I was at a point in my life where I realized that college was definitely not going to be a route. You know, you see um, my older friends who were already in college and I noticed that it wasn't working out for them. I didn't like the idea for me, unless you're being a doctor, lawyer, whatever it is, the major ones that you really need to go to college for. For me, I just knew it was just going to end up in a lot of debt. And I saw my friends try to get out of college and get a job. Didn't work out for them. They couldn't even get a job. I'm like, okay, I don't want to have $30,000 debt, can't even find a job. So I knew that wasn't probably going to be the right way. And so for me, looking at YouTube, I was like, okay, how can I make this work for me. And so I started with like $200 left in my bank account from like fast food jobs. I ended up quitting and everything. And I decided to go all in with YouTube. I was going to find some way to make it happen for me. And so what I did is when uh, I went on YouTube and I started watching different YouTube channels and studying different YouTube channels and one YouTube channel popped up that got a million subscribers in just about 90 days. So it went from like zero to a million. This guy was like really killing it. I'm like, okay, I got to figure out how can I gain contact with this guy and learn from him. He was live streaming a Q&A and I was just like, okay, this is perfect. So, you know, obviously you can donate money in a, in a Q&A and then they can see it. It's like a super chat thing. So I went ahead and donated money to him and I joined my last like $200 just to get his attention because no one's going to donate $200, right? So mm -hmm. that was going to get his attention. And my hope was that through that, he was going to go ahead and get in a quick call with me. So in the donation text, I say, I'm saying, Hey, I would love to get a quick call with you. This is my last bit of money. I just want 10 minutes, 15 minutes of your time. You know, that's all I need. Right? So, uh, you went ahead and it's like, all right, fine. You know what I mean? It's like, why would you do that? It's $200 might as well. So we hop in a call right after his stream and I broke down everything. I was like, look, I, I really want to make this work. I see that you know what you're doing. You know, how do I get the knowledge for myself? Um, I'm willing to work for free. I'm willing to edit your videos. I'm willing to do whatever it takes just in exchange to learn YouTube, you know, and make it full time for myself. So, you know, obviously for him, it's kind of hard for him to turn down in exchange for free videos being edited. You know what I mean? That takes him maybe, you know, $50, $60 at least to pay someone to do. He can get it for free and just teach me, you know, get in a call with me every day. So he was like, all right, down, like, let's do it. So I ended up working with him and I would make all these videos for him. And then we would post them and it would go viral. He would teach me all the little things about it. He then was so impressed by my work ethic that he ended up um, adding me into a, a group conversation with a lot of other bigger YouTubers. And so today there, I'm still con connected with a lot of them, but today there's some of the biggest YouTube stars. Like one of them in the group conversations was uh, Mr. Beast. So Mr. Beast now has almost 40 million subscribers. At the time he only had like 800. 
thousand subscribers. So we would get in daily calls with all of us back in like the end of 2016 and always talk in those conversations every day about YouTube. How can we do certain things? How like studying little details that I never even thought about doing that just made the biggest difference. And so that's where I really developed my craft. And then after video after video, you slowly become kind of a master at it. And so um, that's how I kind of got started. And then I slowly started to learn from these other guys and we started to figure out a, a business model called, you know, YouTube automation at the time wasn't called that, you know, later, you know, me and a few others decided to name it that for marketing. But at the end of the, the day, what it is is where you hire people to really do the content for you and it creates passive income. You know, just like a business, you hire people one day, get a team underneath you. It can kind of create a level of passive income for you, maybe only needing to work three hours or so a week to, you know, oversee it. And so we got up to that point, you know, we use every bit we could of money to go ahead and risk it and put it on these different content team, train them up and give them education on how to do exactly what I did when I started out and when I reached out to a YouTuber and train these other kids how to make videos and then they built, videos for us. So we pretty much ended up outsourcing it by education. And then we used that additional money to keep, you know, upgrading our, our uh, videos. And so eventually started making like $10,000 a month from just one YouTube channel. And I only had to work like three hours a week on the YouTube channel. And so eventually I was like, okay, I can duplicate this. So I would keep duplicating these different YouTube channels, eventually create so much income streams and you have the free time to do it now. And you have the money to do it because you have this business model where you can just hire a team to just do it. And so when, when I was realized I was onto something, then, uh, slowly over time, you know, three years later, now I'm like, all right, now I want to go out there and teach other people how to do it and scale it that way. Because for me, it, the game now, like finance wise, I'm good. Like I'm chilling, I'm living a good life for my age and everything at 19. And so for me now, it's just the game that I enjoy of building YouTube channels and see it skyrocket. So for us with our clients, it's like, okay, you know, it just gives us a little bit of profit. For me, it's just, I want to see how big I can get this going. So that's where we are now. Love it. Love it. Absolutely. Amazing story. Now for YouTube, obviously the biggest thing is content. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious because, I mean, I'm a content creator in a way, but I don't think I'm a viral content creator. I don't think I'm going to get 40 million subscribers on YouTube doing stuff like this. Can anyone create the content that's going to go viral? How do you find the talent? What types of videos do you guys create? So first off, I think there's a certain level of, um, you, you develop it over time. Again, it goes go back to skill set and just um, on knowledge where you start to figure out who has the specific talent that can create a really enticing video and what team you can put in place to create it for you. And so you kind of have that gauge that you develop over time to figure that out. So for our team, that's kind of what it is. We train them up. So first we find someone that we, we see talent in, but we know can need, needs more work, right? And mm -hmm. we build them up, we train them up, we give them all the information they know, we train them up, we get in calls with them for the first like 60 days until they're really good at what they do. For the average person who's, you know, obviously trying to do, let's say a face video, you know, like you, like a personal brand, something like that a lot of that comes down to you to obviously get in front of the camera and, and and talk to the camera the thing that you can outsource is stuff like video editing you can get away with that you know and when you think about it if it takes you three hours or two hours to edit a video if you can find a way to outsource that pay someone to do that for you that gives you two or three hours additional to make another video. And so when you look at it from that angle, it's just a scalability perspective. From an algorithm standpoint, how do I grow? How do I get to that point one day, you know, 40 million subscribers, whatever. There's an, an angle to it where it depends on the vehicle you're in. By that, I mean the niche. And that really is important. So if you're in the entrepreneur niche, entrepreneur niche, you gotta look at what kind of views do you see in that niche. Typically, you'll see a max million viewed video on a really viral video, and it's hard to get to that point. So maybe you'll see a 500K view video, and that'll be the average, I call it average viral video length or like view count. 
And so you have to know that and gauge like if it's worth getting into based on your experience, based on your knowledge or what you really want to do uh, of finance wise. One thing I do know is that there's things, and this is going really deep into YouTube, but there's a thing called uh, CPM, which is, this is how you make money. YouTube ad revenue is one of the bigger factors, but CPM is pretty much every 1000 views. How much can you make? Right? So every 1000 views on average, you can maybe make three, $4. Okay. In the entrepreneur niche, I know that niche is very high. So that's like $20 sometimes. It's the highest one niche out of all of them. So when you really think about it, if you're getting 500,000 views, it's a low amount of views compared to maybe if you went to some niche, I don't know, like celebrity drama. Celebrity drama gets you know millions of views, right? But that CPM in the entrepreneur niche will actually end up making it the same amount of money you would probably make per video, like per viral video compared to if you got a you know, 2 million, 3 million viewed celebrity drama video right? So it kind of becomes a balance game. So money wise, like subscribers versus money is not a good way to figure out if they're, if they're making more money, if they have more subscribers than a specific person, that doesn't necessarily mean they're making more money than that specific person. Gotcha. You know, that was actually a question that was coming next. Cause I was like, right. okay, does my, you know, 1000 views as an entrepreneur, cause those viewers are typically a higher value viewer than, mm -hmm. you know, the 3 million people watching the street fight. That's super valuable information right there. Mm -hmm. So do you see any commonalities between the talent that you hire to create this different content? Are you looking for fashion? Are you looking for fitness? Are you looking for entrepreneur or is it just kind of all over the place? Or are you creating dog relaxation videos or music videos or meditation videos? Stuff yeah, that doesn't us. require human presence. Sorry, yeah, for, for us, most of our videos is like human-based, like commentary is what we call it, uh, based videos. Mm -hmm. Just because we notice commentary, you can actually have a better connection with the audience and they keep coming back a little bit more often. And it's also just easier to get that monetized. So we usually go for that type of videos. I mean, for us, what I really try to focus on when it comes down to finding team members and everything is I really just try to look at like, how well do they take pride in their work? right? And if they can get that work done on a specific deadline, those two are the most important things. So if they try to slack off, especially if we just hired them, it's not a good sign. And so we have to move on and cut our losses, find someone else. Right. And so I, I really like the, not even entrepreneur, but I like finding the ones who don't even realize that they're entrepreneurs, but they are entrepreneurs because those ones just have a different mentality. They're, they're not yet developed in understanding to think like that. And so if you can come in there and almost be a mentor for them and teach them a little bit about how to think and how to look at the business world, they'll be so much more grateful to do videos for you and so much more grateful to work with you because you you're building a real relationship with your team. And this goes to any business. Like this can be applied in any business principle, like building a team is going to be required. If you want to make it past like, you know, six figures, you want to make the seven figures, you have to have some level of a team. So it comes down to the CEO, the leader of that team to know how to a project the vision. Like, where are we going? How are we going to get there? Who's all, is everyone going to be able to benefit? Cause if, if I'm saying, Hey, let's get this channel to a million views. Cause I'm going to benefit and you guys won't no one's really going to be motivated, right? So you got you to gotta create compensations to motivate everybody in your team and give them a future. And that really like shines a light and, and helps them to keep pushing to do good content. And they'll create really good pieces of content for you. Awesome. So, you know, me and probably a lot of people watching this are thinking the same thing, like make me famous on YouTube. You've got the, the team yeah. in place. You've got the talent. What does that kind of plan look like when you hire talent or the talent hires you? What does that compensation plan look like? And do you work with YouTube influencers on a contract basis where they can pay you for whatever it is that you've obviously been proven to do. 
Yeah. I mean, I've done so many different contracts. Um, totally depends on the, the level of work because with YouTube, there's so many different types of work and sometimes every person wants something different, right? So obviously we have to compensate based on our time. I know when I worked with one YouTuber, uh, Preston, he has over 13 million subscribers right now. He hired me back in the day and I helped him with YouTube and we got some viral videos going on for him. And so my job for him back when I worked with him was, um, I would create the viral video ideas. I would then help out with managing the team, the graphic team, and then talking and speaking with the production team and be like, all right, Hey, this is the scene here. There's our, like, this is the following scene. This is what we're going to do here. You know, we need to get, you know, this item in like one of the items we had to get was like a watermelon, a sledgehammer. Like we did crazy dumb videos. Right. So my job was almost the production, like quality guy who would have to figure out, okay, we have to get this before we film. We have to get this, we have to manage that. And then I would script, write The video idea be like, all right, scene one is here. Scene two, it's almost like a movie. Right. And then yeah. you just do all that. And so my main job was just that organizing, managing the team, coming up with just the really viral video idea and really paying attention to quality control. Super interesting. So components of a viral video, I guess there's a, there's gotta be a creative mastermind behind mm -hmm. all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Is that you for most of these videos or have you yeah. been able to find and outsource creativity? Cause I, I yeah. found that to be the hardest thing. Yeah. I think for me, there's definitely a way to outsource creativity, but what I've noticed is that takes time to, for a person to develop that. And so it's your job as the leader to develop that in the person, but that can take you four or five months before the person finally gets it in their head to understand what to look for and what to pay attention to. So it's kind of where you have to take the lead of that um, until the person understands it. And then that person can then manage the channel for you at that point because now they get it, right? And so it's, it's a process. I mean, it's something that you can't do overnight. It's definitely something that takes some time. Okay, that's super interesting. So take me through the process of actually creating the viral video to promoting it, the tags, what are the important parts? The thumbnail, the tags, mm -hmm. where you're sharing it. What, what are the components? What are the ingredients that go into yeah. making that video viral? So for us, we call it like a, almost an assembly line. So the way we have it set up is um, it starts off with the, the video idea. Obviously we want to come up with a really good enticing video idea. So we'll do a lot of research for the video idea. We'll go online, find, you know, maybe uh, similar ideas that is working and try to kind of make our own version of that. Cause if it works, reality is it'll probably work for us if we make it better. Right? So we try to go first off and try to find a viral video idea. Once we do that, then we'll go ahead and try, try to come up with a thumbnail first. Most people do the thumbnail last and you can totally do the thumbnail last if you're a face person. Because if, it, if it's a video that requires you to have the thumbnail last because you have to wait till you get to that point, then that's totally fine. But for our type of content, we always put it first because we can. And so we, what I usually end up doing with my team, I'm like, if we can't come up with a really clickable, like clickbaity thumbnail for this video idea, it is just not really worth us coming up with it, like using the video idea. Like the thumbnail in video idea is so important because think about it from this perspective, when you're scrolling on YouTube, you're seeing so much competition, so many videos that you could totally click on. So if your video is not good, like from getting their attention to click on, then it doesn't matter if your video is the best video ever when you actually watch the video. It it really comes down to the clickbaity part, right? You have to first hook them in to click on the video in the first place. They don't know how good it is until they do that. So once they click on it, then what ends up happening is then they'll go ahead and watch the actual video. And this is where the next like key part comes into play, which is the, the script. Like how can you create a script that's enticing? You don't want a script that bores people and makes people click off the video. So we always read through the script because we have a script writing team and everything. We always read through the script ahead of time. We're like, okay, it does anywhere in this text would I, if I was in the viewer's perspective, we always sit, do this with my team. Like always think from the viewer's perspective, right? It's better to think from that than from your perspective, right? If I'm in the viewer's perspective, I'm reading this script right here and it says something here that makes me want to click off the video. 
delete it and remove it. Like you want to try to make sure to keep people on hook every next two paragraphs, hook, hook, hook. So they have to keep watching until the very end of the video. That's the most important thing you have to do. Once you got the script figured out, then you can hire, you know, the narrator to go in there like an amazing voice and just narrate it word for word and make it really uh, enticing and, and enjoyable. And then you can send that off to the video editor. They'll put it all together and then you just upload the video. How important are tags? How important is posting frequency? How important is your subscribers? Talk to, talk to me about some of those elements. Yeah. So first of all, subscribers are not really important. I would say once you have like 5,000 subscribers, you're good. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where a lot of people think that you need a lot of uh, subscribers to be successful. I've actually found it to sometimes be the opposite, which is sometimes why I end up selling these channels at the end of the day, because um, one of my channels like up next, I got it up to over like 200,000 subscribers and then I sold it back in May for $35,000. So like these are sold like companies and you can sell a team with them pretty much. But the reason why is because once it gets to a certain level of subscribers, subscribers. Sometimes if, if the views aren't as like they used to be, it's because there's too many subscribers. So whenever you post a video, they aren't clicking on the video. And so sometimes it hurts the overall like performance later of the video. So I've noticed that like less subscribers is actually probably better to work your way up again. The more subscribers becomes a little bit more hard, you know, to get attention. So subscribers is something to really pay attention to. And then the next thing is with tags. Tags are not as important as people make them seem to be. I mean, you watch probably a lot of like YouTube gurus, how to grow on YouTube, whatever. Tags is probably the biggest thing they talk about SEO and stuff. SEO is definitely important, but I would say with tags wise, you do not want to put more than 10 minutes into your tags. Like I think I see people literally take an hour to try to come up with the perfect tag. It's not worth that amount of time to put into it. So maybe 10 minutes go around. And what I like to do is I like to see what other people using their tags with their similar video idea that went viral and just use their tags and make it better. Like that's literally all I do. I'm like, if it worked for them, why should I redo it? You know what I mean? So we do that with our tags for description wise description and title, I would say is more important than the tags, the keywords that's in those areas. So in the description, we like to do like one or two paragraphs and we try to put little keywords in there, but we try to make it where it looks like it's a normal, like worded paragraph. So it's not saying like, Oh, you know, let's say we're making a Shopify dropshipping video. We're not going to say Shopify dropshipping, Shopify, Shopify. Like we're not going to do that because that it does, you know, it's weird. You're not supposed to do that. So what we do is we try to do like a special keyword. So we say, Oh, in this video, we talk about Shopify dropshipping and how you can open a Shopify drop shipping store like we do that to try to like create a normal paragraph but there's little keywords in them the first and second paragraph is probably the most important thing besides the title and obviously the title you want to try to make it with a lot of keywords and that 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 can get people's attention dropping so many gold nuggets i love it absolutely love it okay so we've got the perfect video tags aren't that important we've got a description a title a thumbnail that's hooky do you do anything to promote that video after posting it or just let the organic algorithm work its magic and yeah. pray for the best? So it totally depends on what phase uh, the channel is in. So if the channel, um, let's say the channel is at a point where we have um, an average of 200, 300, 000, uh, 200 or 300 views per video being sent to it just off of subscribers or whatever. We, we never really do any external promotions because that's just enough to get into the organic reach of YouTube. From scratch, typically what we'll sometimes do if we don't see that much performance um, after maybe, maybe like four or five videos of uploading, we don't really see any views at all. We'll usually actually go ahead and use other promotion outlets. So that means we'll utilize Instagram. I know for people who don't have any money, what I always recommend is create an Instagram account around that niche 
and try to develop a little audience quickly by following and unfollowing, sending people to your link in bio, and which will be like the YouTube channel in the link in bio, and then try to get them to subscribe. And all you really need is like 100, 200 views from doing that and per, per video, and then you're good. You know what I mean? So we have that method, or there's the paid method where you can just pay for an Instagram promo and swipe up and get people to go to it, or a thing called community post, which if you haven't seen on YouTube, people can actually do text-based uh, blog, almost like a little blog tweet post and everything. And so we'll sometimes work with similar niche channels and be like, hey, you know, we'll pay you like maybe 200 bucks to go ahead and promote this one video on your you know, community posting. So we'll do it that way. But to be honest, organic reach is really good even from scratch on YouTube, assuming you're really good with targeting the SEO um, and untapped like searching, but everyone's searching for it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome stuff right now. Another question about YouTube kind of operations and practices. And then I kind of want to change gears. But this last one is something that I'm super obsessed with, which is tools. Are there any specific tools that you love and swear by that help you with, whether it be, you know, managing your YouTube account, finding viral ideas, mm -hmm. anything like that that you would recommend us use? Uh, I would say there's two tools. I would say for management, Trello is pretty good. We like Trello. Uh, it's just so simple. Um, so Trello. Trello, we like to manage. And then we also like uh, TubeBuddy for copying tags and just a few other things that TubeBuddy comes with. So those two are probably like really useful. Yep, I use both of those tools, Trello for all of my businesses for project yeah. management. And I, I have TubeBuddy as well as my account. Best like 20 bucks I ever spent. Yeah. It makes things so easy. Okay, now I kind of want to change gears and talk a little bit about the business aspect. So disclosure on one of my last companies, which I sold, it's called Instalete. And the company was basic, it was an Instagram, basically growth and automation company. And, mm -hmm. you know, we were doing 60, 70,000 a month, I think at one point, had like 600 active customers. It was a booming and exponentially growing business. Overnight, boom, Instagram changes their algorithm, makes automation practically useless. We've yeah. then been able to pivot and go to manual growth operations. But overnight, the whole business changed, basically shut us down, went from 70K a month to 20K a month. I hated, 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 hated that my business was dependent on someone else saying that this is okay. Mm -hmm. And that scares the crap out of me for any business that I, that I operate in the future. I don't know if that's thought, that thought has run through your head or is there anything that YouTube automators, YouTube growth people can look to in the future or is that, do you see it changing? So, okay, so with YouTube automation, so there's different people that teach different things for it. Um, the ones that I know who, well, they'll try to get like a quick sale from like a course or something, and it's a low-key false advertisement, not giving them the full details of what's going on with YouTube. For example, people think when they hear YouTube automation, they're thinking a compilation channel. So they think that they can grab all these clips from different people's you know, sites or whatever, put it all together with no commentary, just, just editing it together, and then they're good. That, that's not going to really help you out. YouTube doesn't like that, so it's not best to do that. For us, like I said, we do commentary. We do that stuff. So we try to edit it a little bit. Um, it's just, we do the safe route <laughs> yeah. and YouTube's not going to shut you down for something safe like that. So there's that element also from just looking at the algorithm standpoint with YouTube, the only time they've really, really like changed their algorithm where things just shifted so much, like everyone got hurt pretty much, uh, was in 2016, which was when I was in those calls with like Mr. Beast and all those other YouTubers, because in those calls during that time, everybody was like, wait, what just happened? The algorithm shifted. So everyone created like little mastermind groups at that time to figure out 
about how can we crack the code because now it's completely different and we don't know what's happening. Back in the day before 2016, YouTube was very much about quantity of uploads, right? Like you have to be consistent daily, quantity, all that stuff. It was not so categorized based on clickbait. And so YouTube overnight literally switched it over to what it is now where it's like, you know, like I explained uh, earlier, the thumbnail, all that stuff. But that was in 2016. So I, I haven't seen any shifts since then. So for me, it's more uh, predictable now. It's a lot easier to you know, really trust YouTube. Also, I think YouTube has been around a very long time compared to all the other outlets. So it's just it's something that I trust them. And they also are like the only outlet that gives you money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think Instagram just started to try to give you money, yep. but it's like it took them way too long. You know what I mean? So I think YouTube just is as a business wants to share some of that profit. So I trust them a lot more. Yeah. That's why all the people are working so hard to create content on YouTube. Mm. I don't, I don't see it going anywhere, but then again, I didn't see the Instagram going anywhere either. So we'll see yeah. what happens in the future. Just yeah. something to always keep in the back of your head. And it's, it's in the back of my head now, obviously because of experience, mm. but definitely something to consider. So one other thing I wanted to kind of address was I can't remember the Nick Cody, K-O-D-Y, another YouTube expert that I follow. I think he talks about creating content that doesn't require a personality or a person in the video. Creating, you know, the, the eight-hour dog entertainment videos that I put on my channel for my, my TV for my dog from YouTube. Have you seen those channels be successful where you can, whether it be a meditation or a dog entertainment mm -hmm. or you know, cat yeah. compilation videos. Yeah. Or, so I've seen them be successful, but the problem is that half of them get monetized and half of them don't. Mm -hmm. So uh, again, it goes back to who wants to be on the edge and who doesn't want to play that game. Right. Um, it's like short term versus long term wins. For me, my business model has always been, I just wanted something predictable that is just safe and may not make as much money in the short term as someone who quickly comes out of a compilation video who tries to, you know, cut the corners as much as they can, because the truth is they're going to get demonetized maybe six months later my channel is still going to be around, still going to produce 10K a month or whatever, right? So I prefer doing it that way than cutting corners. That's just how I work. Everyone has a different method of how they work. Um, and I, I know Cody personally, and he would always try to cut corners with his channels back in the day. So yeah, I mean, that's probably why he like, encourages that. But for me with my team and my viewers, I don't really recommend doing that. Gotcha. Awesome. All right. Uh, going into kind of advice for people who want to get into this. And just to talk a little bit about the passive income side of this, starting with passive income, would you consider this what you've built now to bring in money and will continue to bring in money without any of your direct interference? I think it still requires just even like real estate, it still requires a little bit of your touching just to double check and make sure things are going the right direction. If you don't ever touch it at all, it will die off. Yeah. I would say for me, I put two, three hours a week into my, um, each channel just to double check, make sure analytics are good. Everything's looking good. My team is good. And because you don't want your team to fall apart because they now don't have their leader that's actually taking care of them. So I, I personally don't believe in just completely letting go. You still want to have a little bit of like, you know, feel for it, but yeah, I think it can last a very, very long Long time. I really don't see YouTube going anywhere for a very long time. And so for me, I'm just like doubling down on it because I've been in this game for like since 2016 and this business model hasn't done anything since then, you know, it hasn't gone anywhere. So that's why I, I really think it will go even longer. Absolutely. And give us some of your best tips and learning experiences for people who want to get into YouTube. Let's start with uh, some of your biggest learning experiences. I think the first one is definitely you got to learn from someone that's successful. Um, you know, that's what I did when I started. I was learning from all those other YouTubers because it's one of those things where it's like, if you don't have a person who already gone through it, 
you're going to run to so many speed bumps. It's going to take you so much longer you know, to get there. And there, you know, it's just better to learn from someone who's already done it. You know, you can take a lot from that. So I would say first, you know, get someone who's obviously the mentor who's already done it. That's the first tip that um, I learned. And then the second one, I don't know. I think for me, it, it really is like the, the fact of like building the team, right? That's a really important thing. You learn a lot with building a team, but that comes down to just business in general. And with YouTube automation, you're going to eventually have to build a team if you want it to be automated. So I think just learning to, to just net, really networking, like relationships with your team, how to build them up, how to even recruit that, that team and really uh, make sure they stay with you. I think those are like the two most important things you can really like develop because those will like really catapult your business. Absolutely. And finding a mentor, no matter what type of business you're in, yeah. is huge. I didn't learn that until later on in the game. It sounds like you went straight for the mentor, which probably expedited your success. Well, technically I started advanced. way, I started doing YouTube way before that though, but it was like playing around with it. Like, like recording myself playing video games. Like it wasn't like serious, serious, but that's because I didn't know what I was doing, you know? So mm -hmm. I did like make mistakes. I just got in the game earlier, you know? Yeah. You got in the game early and you found a mentor early, maybe not early for you. I'm sure you were doing it before finding a mentor early, a good one and learning it from somebody who's already successful, huge, whether it's YouTube, whether it's, you know, PPC marketing, Facebook advertising, PR, whatever you want to do, find a mentor. And I, I have a mentorship program. Mentors Collective has, has a program if, if anyone wants to join and, and crowdsource some insight, but super crucial for anything that you want to do and, and want to succeed on. With that being said, Caleb, is there any pearls of wisdom that you want to leave the audience with and let everybody know where they can find you and connect with you? Yeah. I mean, you can find me on uh, Instagram. That's where we really connect with a lot of people because we like to direct message people and have that relationship. So you can find me on Instagram um, at Caleb Box, two X's, B-O-X-X -X, and with a C. Most people think it's a K, but it's with a C. So I'll link you. you can find me. I'll link you in the show notes, uh, right in the descriptions everywhere. Make sure everyone connects with you. Puts out some good content. That's where I connected with them. And Caleb, it's been a freaking pleasure to have you on the show talk about yeah. talking about passive income, YouTube automation. I've had a YouTube channel for a while, so got a lot of my questions answered too. <laughs> and Mentors Collective viewers, if you enjoyed this episode, you have any questions for Caleb or questions for me about it, go ahead and probably the best way is either to drop a comment on YouTube, send me a DM on Instagram. And be sure to subscribe. Be sure to leave us a review. And Caleb, it's been a freaking blast. Uh, I'm going to connect with you outside of here. And thank you so much for your insight, brother. Sounds good. This is Dr. Jay Feldman. And I just wanted to take a moment to thank you so much for your support. And also ask you for a little bit more. If you can take the next 10 seconds and write us a review on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify, just let me know your feedback. It means the world to me. Again, thank you for watching. If you love this episode, please share it with your friends, share it with your family. Until next time.